0: You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. So here we are with uh,
1: Can't Sell This. I am your one of your hosts, Hugh Elliott. And I am your
0: other host, Stefan Grambart. And we're doing a good job so far. I got my good job badge on. Thank you, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> this being
1: episode 7 uh, last episode, of course, was Kingdom Falls uh, radio drama that I, in particular, really want to see happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
0: maybe what? maybe I have time for a second podcast, and then I'll have to start it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you
1: have the mic. Um, so I, I think that uh, <laughs> I think th- this actually leads me into an interesting. Uh, situation. It was it was the closest I came to selling. It can't sell this subject. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I would need to go look. But uh, a few years ago, I had written a short film, and having never written a film before, so we we talked in the last episode about a script writing course. I really could benefit from that. One, uh, at least for the formatting, <laughs> but uh, for, uh, secondarily for how, how you write a script. I, I essentially like looked up stuff, and thanks for Google. Thanks to Google, you can just go ahead and, and look up mm-hmm. what a script looks like. Um, so I essentially uh, downloaded a template and, and worked with that. But... I wrote this short film and I put a call out on Facebook. Do I know anybody that knows anybody that produces short films? Because I don't know how to make one. And I've written one. And a friend of mine, like it was, God, man, it felt pretty immediate. They said, oh, you should talk to so-and-so at the NFB. And that felt very legitimate to me, right? Like I'm going to be introduced to a producer, Right, right. So uh, You know, ha- and having never had anything beyond, I've written some words on a pay- page, and, you know, anyway, so I was introduced to the producer, and and uh, <clears throat> she and I chatted a little bit, and she said, oh, uh, send me the script, I'll take a look at it, which... Which, as it turns out, like like based off of my history with some film people, it, like having someone with, one, with, with the experience, but two, with, with the ability to green light something, to, to have them say, like, send me a script. That's a massive yeah. thing. Yeah, for sure. She said, send me the script. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. You know, I had that moment of like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it because you're going to mess up. It's going to be really embarrassing. I sent the script. So she said, well, can we have coffee? So she read it. She said, can we have coffee? I said, yeah, it'd be great. So I showed up, which again, it was that, like in my head, it was like, this is a done deal. I've totally got a movie. But like she, she said, you know, did you know that, that, that typically uh, a page is a minute? I was like, no, no, I didn't know that. And she said, did, did you know you'd written 20 pages? I said, yeah. She goes, well, a short film isn't really 20 minutes. Right, it's hard to fit yeah. into a short a film into or... twenty minutes. Yeah. So you want to try to go shorter, if you can. If you can go eight to eleven, film festivals can pick it up because they can put it in between movies. Right. Right. Which does that not? That to me was like that is one more little like legitimization of I've written something good because she's telling me to make it shorter. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Like, Yep. Yeah. So I, in my head, I was like, oh my God, if I can just <laughs> like cut my film in half. <laughs> it, it, when I Once I say it like that, I'm like, oh, so she wanted me to make <laughs> like cut my film in half. But <clears throat> so I did. I figured out a way to do it. I had written a lot of dialogue. There was a lot of dialogue. So I figured out a way to, to cut down a lot of the dialogue to create, to keep all the main action points to, you know, got it down, I got it down to, I want to think I got it down to 11 pages, maybe 8, right. probably not, but probably 11, somewhere in uh, 8 to 11. And I sent it back, and, and she said, let's have another meeting. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. She goes, uh, in the meeting, she was like, look, this is, it's interesting, I don't understand why you've made the script intentionally hard to get the the end. You'll, you'll see, I'll tell you all about it. Okay. But you know the way the way she the way she reacted was like, uh, why did you make it hard to to figure out what was going to happen at the end? I was like, I don't know because I've never written a script before. <laughs> you know, and it was yeah. it was just a it was a moment where I, where I was like, oh, so you're not I don't have a movie for you to make like. And she goes, and it's not really my I'm not really that kind of producer. I don't produce this kind of movie. If you want to write a movie about, you know. I don't know, Canada. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm based in Canada, Because yeah, the location isn't necessarily about, writing about Canada. Yeah, for sure. You know. So the NFB doesn't have a mandate to make psychological thrillers that no. are based in Canada. No. You know. All right. So the worst name ever. It, it oh, no. <clears throat> let me let me preface this. I'm the original name was called the Mirrored Eye. Okay. Okay.
0: Eye as in And then I E-Y-E. The eye,
1: the, eye, the your eye, you're okay. the mirrored eye, the see the eyes and the mirrors. Yep. And then the, the, the second name was Stalkericity, which synchronicity, but stalker. So I'm going to, I'll tell you about the story. I'm a very, it, it, it's still very dear to me, um, but I'm going to do my best to not be all like, oh. Anyways, so the concept was that there's a couple, the way the script opens is there's a couple driving in a SUV. Or whatever and the uh, male is driving the female is beside him and she's on her phone and he comments looking in the mirror so you don't ever really see him you don't see his face you only see his his eyes in the mirrors mm-hmm. the, the side mirror the, mm-hmm. the rearview mirror at the top uh he says well that's interesting and she is distracted and you know she goes what's interesting And he says, this, this car has been following us and it's just like ours. And so the idea is that they're being essentially stalked by someone else. And throughout the film, um, it's them not necessarily trying to shake the person. There's a, there's a moment when, um, he, uh, the, the, the male brings them to the police essentially he says, Oh, look, there's police. Let's stop here and we'll talk. And, she, and she's saying, Oh, thank God. Thank God. It's great. Like, I don't know what's going on with this. Uh, and so he stops his vehicle. The cops get out of the car and one cop circles around. So one officer circles around the front of his car And the other one comes up to the driver's side and he says, there's a guy behind me and he's pointing behind him, right? There's a guy behind me and he's been following us for blocks and I don't know, get get him away from us. It's, it's really weirding us out. And so the cop looks at him and then looks behind him and then looks at his partner, right? And there's this questioning kind of what's going on. The partner looks in the passenger seat and then looks into the back seat and she goes, we have a hostage and then the the guy who clearly the driver who clearly sees a vehicle in behind him, all of a sudden that vehicle slides in to their position and he realizes that he is the stalker, that he is the guy. And he looks over to the woman, his partner, and she's like, see, see, this is what happens. And she, Sort of dissipates into the back seat where she's tied up, and and he's like, "fuck." And it, it it what it does is it back plays to a point, so like it it sort of reverses to a point where he, as the stalker, is following. The couple, And so he's listening to their conversation. In my mind, he had reconfigured a baby monitor. It'd be within a certain distance. He reconfigured a baby monitor. He'd put it under their seat and he was listening to their conversation. He follows them until finally the the boyfriend or the husband is so mad. He's like, fuck this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to stop the car. And they're on a residential street, quiet, quiet residential street. And he gets out and the, the stalker gets out. The guy's like reaching into his trunk or whatever to get a tire iron or whatever you get. And the, the stalker dude just knocks him the fuck out. Right. And the woman is like, you know, does the thing where you wrench at your seatbelt and, uh, the stalker, you know, knocks her out in whatever, whatever manner makes the most sense. Right. Right. So, the concept that I had was, and so then it then it, then it goes back to the present of him sitting there and he goes, you bitch, you tricked me. Because they're having this conversation where she's like, just go to the cops, just go to the cops. Right, 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 right. He, as the stalker, he convinced himself he was going to make the right decision because the boyfriend or husband didn't. Oh. right. The, the husband, the husband felt he was strong enough and he was just going to lead him to a small street where he could beat the shit out of him. But the stalker, you know, killed him or beat him up or whatever it was and and took the wife hostage. And this guy's delusion convinced him that he was going to do a better job. And he turned himself in, essentially turned himself in. Right. Right. So that was the, that was the entire thing. So that basically it was like, he was like, you bitch, you, you, you tricked me. And he went to reach for a hammer or whatever it was that he did. He'd used to, you know, deal with mm-hmm. this issue mm-hmm. and, uh, and they shot him. Right. So the end was that he shot up, the, the cop shot him, but like, you see muzzle flash in her face. So you see her, like her eyes soften, like this is the justice I needed kind of thing. That was the end. (laughs) Super, you know. It's the funny thing is, is like so. You know, in my mind, you know, there's. I I wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. There was something... There's a lot of.
0: It's. It's. Um. I love. I love these. And I, I see this idea sort of flowing through a couple of your your uh, story so far is that they're, they're heavily, heavily, heavily visually directed. Right. Like there's a lot of yeah. really cool visuals that you could pull into that. Um, like, again, like I mentioned last episode, how one of my, my big influences in, in the mid nineties was, was David Lynch. And I loved some David of the Lynch. sort yeah. of like weird visual stuff that Lynch did with, with very practical effects. Things that make you feel mm-hmm. awkward, like I was just picturing that scene at the end when um, the wife transitions into the back seat. Yeah, and I was like, it would be so. So first of all, um, I think the best way to shoot this would be from behind the driver in the in the back oh, seat yeah. the whole time. Yeah, totally, it never changes. Right. Well, the the idea was that you'd never saw. Until
1: until the until guy the decides to confront yeah. the stalker, yeah, you never see their faces, so you yeah. don't realize that there's a different guy. So like, it's always about it was the original story was always about the spouse, right? This guy fixated on this woman, Yep. Yeah. and you know, and but that's what's it, but interesting. She was very strong, which was really cool. Was my original story was she was really strong.
0: The, right? just like, the idea like of she was getting. Yeah, of shooting this so that like you could even shoot the scene with the with the stalker showing up, uh, and show both the stalker's face and the husband's face, but mm-hmm. as long as they were similar in build and hairstyle, when they when when yeah. like, when you're seeing them in the car, you you wouldn't know that it's not him, it's not the husband anymore. Anyway, um, but this I, I was just picturing the scene where the wife. Uh, the transition to the back seat, which is then next to you where the camera would be like, you know, all of a sudden next to you on this, on the seat is the tied up or knocked out woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Imagine, imagine, imagine the wife climbing into the back seat and then coming to rest in a position of being unconscious.
1: So it's a practical
0: effect. But you shoot it that way, right? You shoot it, you shoot it that way, but then when you superimpose, she's already in the back seat. So when she mm-hmm. when she climbs into the back seat, there's all she's already in that position, and she essentially just like merges into herself, like tied up and gagged or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like one of those practical, like pseudo practical effects, like how um, like one of my favorite effects of all time, which is not one that's ever really talked about in The Matrix, but where. Um, neo and morpheus are having their their um practice fight and and neo sort of pulls back his arm and it's supposed to indicate that he's like he's getting super fast and they just they just photoshopped a bunch of hands a bunch of hands right yeah and i was like oh man that was such a such a simple effect well i don't want to like knock the work of the artist who did that but like like from 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 a from an idea standpoint it's very simple Right, mm-hmm. there's no like, you know, uh, uh, you know, really flashy effects around that. Like, oh, I just copy his hands a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, just I mean, the execution of it was was well done. And, and took however long it took, right? But mm. but the idea itself is rather than being like, oh, we're going to slow down time, we're going to have the slow motion, this camera pan around, which is another thing that yeah. The Matrix ended up doing. But, I mean, man, we've seen so much of that since then and done well practically and done not so well digitally. Um, I just like all the little, like, s- subtle, simple effects. and Sure. Like, I mean...
1: I dig that. I, I really do. Tons. Like, it, I think it's. I think it's an interesting thing. Is 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 the is the concept that this guy? I mean, the the primary thing was that th- this guy made himself do it. Like he yeah. wanted. He didn't. We you know we often talk about like someone who's you know uh, the suicide by cop or whatever. They yeah. want to be caught. Yeah. They want to be caught. He didn't want to get caught. He just thought he was doing the right thing.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And it, like. I, I thought it was really important the way I'd written the whole uh police I- interaction was that they just they just came out like, "Oh, what's this guy stopping his car for?" You know, this woman is yelling at him like, "Stop the car, stop the car," you know? Oh, man. And in the script like like the idea was they 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 both get out. Like this guy seems a little bit on the edge and you know, so i talked to yep. a police officer a friend of mine i'm like hey so how would you handle this would would want would your other would your partner circle the car would they do that because my my concern had become crossfire you know right like like i i, I just wanted it to be like what would two police officers do if they got out of their car you know like i, I mean i've i've approached police officers in my in my history where where like you know two cops in the car you stop at the car. They don't both get out. Right. You know, they, they they barely registered my presence. Like, as long as I didn't seem like a threat, they didn't care that I was there. Right. So, so to have them exit the vehicle, they had to feel something about him, you know? Right. So, you know, when you think about psychoses and, and, and someone's mind, the way their mental state is working... You think you're calm, like I can't think of the number of times someone's like, "Hey, man, calm down." I'm like, oh, "I'm fucking calm," but what's my outward appearance?
0: Yep.
1: Am I actually calm? I don't know. Like I, I think I am. Like I, I'm not feeling like I'm going to take someone out, but my face might look different than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know.
1: And I loved, you know, for, for the way I had kind of taken. It. So, so here, here's what ended up happening was that. You know, the NFB kind of went, mm, we don't make movies in which people beat the shit out of each other. I mean, they probably do. I don't know. But um, I, I hooked up with a director uh, in terms of like he was interested in directing it. And he had a production company in terms of like making effects. So we had a lot of conversations about effects. And then I, I met a guy that that knew something about fundraising. He's like, we, I could raise funds. I was the one that didn't sell it. I was the one that, that said, oh. I don't want to, I'm not interested in the, oh. So I wrote the character Bibles. You know, I wrote, do you know what a character Bible yep. is? In which you like, yeah, you would, of course. Yep. So, like, I mean, so for, for anybody the- listening that, that isn't aware, a character Bible is, is, is a situation, is, is essentially a set of documents that explain each character. So that when an actor takes that Bible, they know what their character's
0: motivations are. Yeah, they know, they know the right? details of the character that, that may not even ever make it into the, the final product. But it gives mm-hmm. them enough context and backstory to that character to sort of, like, give that performance.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, the, the one reason I'd written it was that in speaking to the guy that was like, I can raise the money to buy this, to make this movie, um, I had, you know, he had said, the one thing I don't understand is the baby monitor. And I was like, "Oh, it's because this guy lost his family. And the whole reason that he focused on this couple was that he decided that this woman reminded him enough of his dead wife that he needed her, right? Which is how crazy people think. It's like, I, I need to that I need to replace the person I've lost." right. You know? So the baby monitor is something that he owned because it was his kids right right so yeah I you know it's funny like I always think about uh, Robin Williams in 24 hour photo where he basically inserts himself into someone else's family
0: yes you know yes yes yes
1: and that's where that that's where I started to come to where I was like how could someone that generally was just a normal person decide that they're going to do this other thing like how do you decide and so you look at situations in which people do things that you you find distasteful well how do they make that decision how do they come to those those conclusions
0: like i'm going to do this like i would never it wouldn't even have to be crazy super random like so this guy had a family Mm -hmm. and he lost them Right. So. Yep. So what if what if he lost his his wife and kid in a car accident? And what? Well, if, that
1: of course was the yeah that was the impetus. Right. Yeah. And the
0: car the car was driven by the husband, in the other couple. Right. So so the you know like you could you could tie everything sort of together, where I mean it it, it makes things a little bit more convoluted and and if you're doing a short film you don't want to have such a
1: yeah. How I just needed, a, you know, it's funny. The character bible is essentially like yeah. this guy has a bit of technological technological know-how. So like he could he could figure out how to rewire something that was DC power to AC or whatever. Like he could he could figure out how to hook into an electrical system. I really like the concept. So so the, the idea was that most of the transition started in the baby monitor. So like you know, all of the stuff in which he realizes that he's the stalker, he's not the boyfriend or husband, like it goes to the baby monitor and then all of a sudden goes, and like he is looking at the other side of the baby monitor. Because the baby monitors are like transmitter and receiver, right? Right, right, right. right. So he's looking at those little lights going and and he's just listening. And it was like, it, to me, was was a was a nice little device to allow us to to trans transfer from one car to another, you know.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> I, it's it's it, it, I I feel bad because, you know. You, you kind of have funny options, and I feel like I keep coming up with these really dark versions of but things, which is why I felt good about doing The Hired Goon and Bystander, because uh, those were just funny. <laughs> you know?
0: But I mean, it, it doesn't have to be funny. I mean, we're not, like I said before, we're not doing a comedy podcast. I mean, we're talking about ideas. It's true. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, David Lynch wouldn't be talking about his comedies either. Probably not. And I think... No. Hugh Elliott that you are the next David Lynch I don't think I am no I don't think I don't think I am I don't think any of us are oh see but maybe he could be a guest he should be a guest oh my gosh I'm sure he has
1: could you imagine he's probably like oh I
0: have I have a whole house in Malibu that I've just filled with ideas that I couldn't (laughs) sell to people just notepads yeah of shit yeah
1: (laughs) 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 i I don't know they're all written backwards i gotta look at them in a fucking mirror (laughs) 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 anyways all right yeah no i appreciate the opportunity that this this is one that's been kind of it's an albatross around my neck it's one of my first uh writing things and it it you know what the problem is it's one of the first writing things in which i kind of thought i was going to sell it
0: right yeah and then
1: and then it just didn't because i i didn't really know where to go with that and then you know it, it although i had interest in terms of people that were interested in making it with me they they needed my uh, wherewithal to continue it and I, I just kind of went man I don't want to do that so you know anybody wants to make this short film man I got like a 8 page 9 page script that's <laughs> killer can, can you make it 20 pages I can yeah <laughs> I can make it 30 and make a whole fucking show about it if yep. you need me to do it I'll send you I'll send you the script I'm pretty sure it's somewhere cool man so I, I think I think I might have added it to the episode doc, but I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so this would be the end of episode seven of Can't Sell This, and
0: I am Hugh Elliot. And I am Hugh Elliot in the car behind <laughs> you. Oh God, dun, I'm dun. actually Stefan Grambart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And good night. Good night. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stephen Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright, recording engineer at Studio 306. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can't sell